I'm just gonna start recording because it's fun. I did a thing. We're gonna be better people by the end of this. The thing that I did. Sarah! I did a thing. Talk about it. Welcome to I Did a Thing, a podcast about unremarkable people doing remarkable things. I'm Sarah. And I'm Birdie. Uh, this week we're talking with our guest Michelle about finding your happy weight. So I've, I've been thinking about that this week and I wanted to ask you, Birdie, yeah. um, what was your weight when you were the happiest, thinking back? I mean, you don't oh. have to say... You don't have to say, like, a number, but, like, were you on the heavier side? Were you on the thinner side? You know, I was just going through some old photos, uh, part of the uh, Facebook memories, I think, is what what mm-hmm. happened there. But um, I had saw some photos of, of myself at a wedding, and I was like, yes, this is, I mean, not my perfect weight, not, like, my strongest, fittest weight, but a weight that I felt comfortable at and confident at. And mm-hmm. so I, one thing about being in Weight Watchers is that they track your weight every week. And um, so I was able to take the date of that wedding and go back in to my record and be able to figure out exactly what weight that was. Um, mm-hmm. So that was, gosh, several years ago now, but it was about 165. And I'm 5'6". Mm-hmm. Um, I think my body's probably made up differently now because of other activities that I do or I'm just older but I'm at 172 now and I'm I don't feel quite quite quote happy but I'm getting there Mm -hmm. it's getting there yeah I I feel like I was I was the time of my life that I was happiest just in general was um when I was on the thinner side um not because I was actually thinner uh, so much as that I was um, taking care of myself. Yeah, um, fit and strong. And, right. Yeah. And and also, like, I I was running and, um, and feeling good about my running. So I also had that, that as an... I felt like I was having a lot of accomplishments, uh, with my with my fitness at that time right so it wasn't necessarily related to the number on the scale but more like what right. what that number that lighter weight allowed you to do right yeah um for for me at 165 that's still overweight based off of the bmi like i'm I, that would still be not right. in the like normal range which is super annoying but i think i I was coming off of some heavy roller derby playing and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, heavy working out. And I think a lot of that was probably muscle, but I still have, I will always be a little, have a little extra padding. I just, (laughs) I can't imagine being itty bitty. Yeah. I, I, I know I hate the BMI thing because when I, when I look at what it is for my height, I'm like, I'm, I'm never, I'm never going to weigh that. Like, it's just, (laughs) it's not going to happen. Especially like I have kind of a larger, I'm 5'8 and I have a, I mean, 
people like to make jokes about being big bowed, but I do have like <laughs> kind of a larger frame. Sure. Yeah. So, it, you know, if in order for me to be like, I mean, under 150 pounds, like oh. I would have to be extremely thin. Um, yeah. So, unhealthily so yeah. Probably. So I, I try not to use the BMI as too heavily for my goal setting in terms of weight. So I remember back in high school, I mean, God, that was 20 years ago, more or more or more now, but, um, that I weighed like 135 and thought I was so fat. And if I, yeah. if I could only weigh what I weighed when I thought I was fat, then I would be so thin. <laughs> but I was, I also was super busy at that time and would eat things like some Oreos and pudding for lunch and then <laughs> not go home because I had forensics and play practice and then volleyball and cheerleading. Like, I just barely ate anything. And when I did eat, really? it was crap. So no wonder I was thin and weird looking. And and probably realistically not very healthy. Oh, absolutely not healthy at all. Yeah, not a chance. Blah. Just thinking about it makes me grossed out. Well, do you want to get into the thing I did? I do want to do the thing I did. The thing I did. Sarah, did you do a thing this week? Uh, this was a rough week for me. I know. I attempted to do a thing. Well, I realized a thing, and then I attempted to do a thing, which I have not been successful in doing it yet, but I will continue. The thing you did was try a thing. (laughs) Right. Okay. Um, The the realization that I had uh, was, um, I don't think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but um, I actually had um, part of my thyroid removed like half of my thyroid removed about a year and a half ago. Oh, wow. You haven't mentioned um, that at all. Crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I went, well, a few years ago um, when I was still living in South Carolina, I went for like my annual exam um, and my doctor there kind of mentioned that um, she noticed my thyroid seemed a little bit large uh, and but she did blood tests and everything came back fine and so she didn't you know she that was the end of it okay. um, um, and then after I moved to Cincinnati then obviously I got a new doctor and when I went to see her for the first time she again noticed that my thyroid seemed large mm. um, and she did the same blood test and I you know I mentioned what the previous what had happened with the previous doctor um, and Everything came back normal, but it was large enough that she decided to send me to get an ultrasound. Um, so then it turned out that I had what they call um, nodules okay. on my thyroid. Um, they're just like, I think <laughs> they're just like bumps that are filled with fluid. Sure. Like almost like blisters or whatever kind of on there. Oh. Um uh, but so it was, that was what was making my th- thyroid big was that I had these big bumps on it. Um, and then once I had been made aware of it, I realized like I had always had kind of like a, a little bit of a sore throat that I always contributed just to my allergies. Mm-hmm. But once I was made aware of it, I realized it was that my thyroid was 
pushing on my windpipe. Whoa. Um, so, <laughs> um, they did a bunch of tests and determined that it wasn't, it wasn't cancer, which is something that it could have been. Sure. Um, okay. but luckily, uh, thyroid cancer is very treatable, even if that had been what it was. But so in any case, I ended up going to see, uh, ear, nose and throat specialist and, um, we discussed it and I decided that it was bothering me enough, the part of it just like pushing on my windpipe all the time, um, to have it removed. Cool. So like your thyroid shapes like a butterfly, Aww. um, and like one wing is on one side of your neck and the other wing is on the other side of your neck. I didn't know that. So they basically just took off the, the right, <laughs> the right half. Oh, and wow. So I That's still have lot. the other half of, of my, um, thyroid. Um, so I, then there was like follow-up blood tests afterwards to make sure that everything was going on, that my, my thyroid was able to, um, keep up with only half of it. And, um, it was, it was always fine. So I hadn't worried about it. I didn't need to take medication or anything. Um, but at the time, shortly after or, or that I had the surgery, my doctor mentioned to me that one of the things um, that can cause problems with your thyroid, especially after you've had part of your thyroid removed, is working nights. And at the time she said that, I was like, oh, well, I don't foresee working nights anytime in the future. Oh. So I just let that <laughs> pass me by. Sorry. And then yeah. um, and this now. last <laughs> week or two, I've, I've been feeling bad. And so I looked up what the symptoms of low thyroid were. And I realized that that was most likely why I've been feeling bad. Like I've been super tired. Um, and then like, I get confused and uh, like slow thoughts. So like there's times where I'm trying to think and <laughs> I'm like, I, I, it just, the gears will not turn. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, and, and like there'd been a few times where I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, I don't yeah. understand what's going on. And then also the other thing was that I was noticing that I was having like tingling, uh, like pins and needles in my, my hands and feet. Um, so all of those are, are some of the symptoms of, um, low thyroid. Um, so, I, the thing that I attempted to do this week was make an appointment to go see my doctor, but um, unfortunately, uh, I, I haven't had any success in doing that yet. Oh. I tried to schedule it online, and they didn't have any appointments available for the next month. Holy cow. So, yeah, so I may have to go see a different doctor, but um, I am going to obviously continue tomorrow to see if I can get a doctor's appointment to take care of that. Good for you. That's, uh, I'm glad that you have an explanation. That's half of the yeah. problem. Yeah, I mean, definitely, like, I actually, uh, I ended up taking the day off of work on, I guess it was Friday, because I was feeling so, so bad. Like, I woke up in the, well, <laughs> the afternoon from, <laughs> from working the night before, and I was like, I don't understand what's wrong with me. Like, I... I, like, called a friend and I could barely, like, make a sentence. Wow. Um, and, like, luckily, after I, I slept some, like, I started feeling better. Um, but, yeah, uh, <laughs> that that can't be. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. There's got to be something going so, on. But 
you haven't you know a thing that it probably is yeah good yeah so birdie what, what about you what did you do this week well, this week uh, I traveled to Dallas, Texas. I've never been to Texas before, so that was kind of exciting. Except that I don't – I went for a roller derby tournament, mm-hmm. so I don't really get to see anything other than uh, the inside of a convention center typically, which was also true this weekend. I was there for four days and didn't go outside of the hotel or the convention center really anywhere except for a grocery store. But – um, our all-star team played in the playoffs, international playoffs, and uh, after a very close game to get to international championships, they won by two points. Wow. And yeah, it was incredible. Very, very nerve-wracking, and I had to do a lap around the building. Like, I couldn't handle it. I'm not good <laughs> so with wait, stress. Were you on this team yeah. or you were just there to support? So I am the travel manager for the team, so I... I travel with the I kind of like the water boy, so I <laughs> <laughs> um, I travel with them. I coordinate all of the travel, so I book all of the airfare and the hotels, and make sure everybody gets there and arranged and like checked in okay, and then base and then make sure that they get checked back into their flights home. Mm-hmm. But after after all the travel is booked, my job is pretty much done it's it's very nice when i'm able to go and be on site because there's always a hotel issue right i don't if anybody works in the hotel industry let me tell you booking a group because i use the same credit card to book all of our rooms and we don't know who's staying in which room until like a week beforehand i don't know what the proper process is i've been doing this damn job for six years and and every single goddamn time, there's a problem at the hotel. Every time. I send, I book the hotels ahead of time. I send a room list about a week in advance with all of the names for each room and the confirmation number so that they can assign the rooms to the correct name. I send a, a confirmation, like, credit card authorization. I give them my information and always, across the board, every single hotel held hotel chain I've ever stayed at except for with the exception of maybe two or three in six years has had a problem uh, I just don't know what to do at this point but if anybody has any suggestions I'm very much open to them because I am tired of that sorry I went off on a tangent uh, <laughs> it's the most frustrating part of that job for me is the hotels so it's nice when yeah. I'm on site so that I can stand at the front desk and be like no I sent this ahead of time these are the people that should be in each of these rooms and then uh then the players don't have to worry about that when they're when they are traveling which right, is yeah. a fairly big stressor and we're getting in late usually and they usually have to play early the next day so if I can do it if I'm tired it doesn't really matter to the outcome of the game but if they're if they're stressing about it and tired that that can have an impact so that's nice that I get to do that. Um, I really wanted to go to a Waffle House while I was in the South. I forgot about your love of the Waffle House. <sighs> I love Waffle House. Nobody wanted to go because nobody loves Waffle House like I do. <laughs> They're all like, eh, I mean, we could go for brunch or something, but maybe somewhere else. I'm like, well, I don't want to go out if it's not to the Waffle House. But we don't... have Waffle House here, so <gasps> someday I think you might need to come to Cincinnati and we can yeah, go I'm to so Waffle jealous. House. I'm so jealous of you. 
They went to an In-N-Out burger, which I think is is unremarkable. So yeah, I even though I lived in LA for for three years, I've never been to In-N-Out because I didn't eat meat at the time, meat. so it wasn't enticing to me. <laughs> There's almost nothing for you to, for us to eat. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's what I did this weekend. I I traveled. I left on Thursday. Got back today, and today's Monday. And um, yeah, I tried really hard to eat well while I was gone, using the principles we talked about when mm-hmm. we, when I traveled to New York. Um, they had a breakfast every morning at, there was a Holiday Inn Express, which is one of my favorite chains. And so they have a pretty decent breakfast with eggs and I bought some guacamole at the store. And so I had eggs and guacamole every morning. Um, and I traveled with a, with my bowl and my knife and fork and spoon and, and coffee cup. So, uh, my first day I forgot to bring all of those things downstairs and then, made more waste more plastic waste in that first day than I have probably all month it was it was really rough for like I felt really bad but then I looked around and saw I mean Texas in particular (laughs) I mean they don't have recycling in most places yeah it's crazy Yeah, yeah I could I can only imagine especially petroleum products like Texas right. not worried about <laughs> wasting them. Yeah. The people of Texas were very lovely. I liked them. The there were some I always think that structures and uh, the way that urban planning happens is really interesting from state to state because I've been able to travel so much. Yeah. Uh, so observing some various things about Texas's like highway system is they're not uh like off ramps are not well marked as they are in Minnesota and Wisconsin Hmm. and I think some of that has to do with snow like you have to things are really big and bright in in Wisconsin because half the time they're half covered with snow so uh not not so in Texas Hmm. yeah it was fun. We had a good time. Uh, we got to Champs, so we're going to Philadelphia in the first weekend of November. If anybody out there is uh, near nearby to Philadelphia, feel free to come come watch the best roller derby in the world, and quite you literally. Get, you might get to meet Birdie, too. Yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> Cheering for Minnesota and then probably some other teams as well. Uh, Texas is one of my favorite roller derby teams. Cool. And, and they will be going, so I'm excited. Yeah, that sounds like it's going to be cool. All right, well, um, should we go ahead and call our friend Michelle? Yes, we totally should call Michelle. I'm excited. Hello there, long distance. Please don't make me wait in vain. Um, okay. Uh, well, my name is Michelle, as you know, and, uh, um... I'm just a person that has struggled a lot through the years with um, my weight and um, I've also had anorexia and I thought it was important to be on the show to kind of tell people how I've just learned to find my happy weight after about 20 years or so of of kind of battling this this <laughs> right. problem and yeah i mean i i even if uh, you 
don't have anorexia or um, or another form of eating disorder, I think that still finding your happy weight is something that the majority <laughs> of people struggle with um, on some level. So yeah, I think this is a, that's a great topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can talk as much or as little <laughs> about um, your eating disorder as you feel comfortable with. I, I guess the the main thing that I wanted to ask you about it um, was how you um, found help once you realized that you had a problem. Um, just for other people out there that m- might feel like they might be thinking that maybe they have. Uh, a problem with disordered eating um it's kind of funny how it all works because you know when you have it you try to deny that you have a problem and right. mm-hmm. and so i feel like the one thing sure. that finally kind of made me see it was a problem was how it was affecting um my husband Be- because mm-hmm. it uh it made me very cranky and <laughs> moody a lot of the times because I was basically very addicted to exercising and would exercise like four hours a day and sometimes more just depending what I ate if anything that day mm-hmm. and I just think my negativity and my bad mood was kind of just starting to wear on him and I just didn't like that I was hurting him and so I just that's when it like clicked like Uh this is a problem and I almost just I kind of just went to him for help and talked to him and I just mostly did a lot of my own kind of studying up on it basically using Mm -hmm. the internet but I was just kind of sick of having to, like, just it constantly being on my mind of, like, how much much I weighed and how much I was eating and I was counting my calories to every little thing, even my activity, just so I could make sure my activity outweighed my eating. And it was Mm -hmm. just, it's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so you you kind of did it on your own you you didn't work with a therapist or a group or anything like that no I think mostly just because I came I kind of came from a family that they're not very emotional like it's not like an episode of Full House or anything <laughs> where you can just go to them with a problem and right. So I was just kind of felt awkward going to people with problems. So it's mainly, it was my husband who really just kind of talked me through because he'd always, he'd see me when I was in my bad moods and how I'd just like be crying. And he's like, I just don't see how somebody so beautiful and wonderful just hates themselves so much. And it was just, so it was just, he really just helped pull me out of it. And I, I just don't know where I would be without him. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, That's I, incredible. obviously the importance of that was that you did reach out to someone. Yeah. I mean, luckily, you. it sounds like you have a great partner who was there, but, you know, it, it is important to, to ask for help 
with things like that because I, I can see I mean once you start thinking in an unhealthy way mm -hmm. it, it's hard sometimes to see that you know what you're thinking is unrealistic yeah because it, it it started for me like mm -hmm. in elementary school sadly enough and it's mostly because of the of gym class and the presidential fitness test Oh, that and, thing is awful. And, oh, yes. The and I absolutely hated it because our gym fitness teacher test. found it necessary, like how she kept like a, a note card for each of us to keep track of our stats. And she, and mm -hmm. for some reason, she found it necessary to weigh yeah. us. And, and the, <laughs> oh, shit. And, it, and she would announce it wow. loud. Okay. Oh, for Jesus. her oh, assistant, okay. who's just like a high school student, to write it down on her card. And so then it just kind of made me aware of how much like I weighed compared to other girls. <laughs> and right, and yeah. so it's just, I always, I never understood wow. that. And I, I mean, I wasn't like the heaviest in my class, but I was in the top of being more kind of on the chubby side. But I also at the time didn't realize that height was a factor of why I might weigh more. And but I mean, I also even remember in right. in like at lunchtime, like first graders, I sat in this table of girls and they were talking about going on diets and stuff. And I even remember thinking at seven years old, like that's that's nuts. Why are you even thinking about that? <laughs> right yeah and so it just kind of right. that's where it like the seed got planted i think and so then it sounds like that gym teacher had their own sense of uh, warped sense of what uh what bodies should look like and kind of their own issues regarding eating and and weight and things like that. So that's too bad that they took yeah. on, yeah. on an entire school yeah. system of it's, children. Gonna, Fuck. You can go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that I um, I was on a swim team when I was a kid, and I remember one time um, when, like, I, I, I was swimming, like, uh, you know, two hours every day, and, you know, my, my mother fed me healthy foods and the right amount. So I, I didn't have a white weight problem when I was in elementary school, but I did have like the, a little bit of the little kid pot belly. Mm -hmm. And I remember, um, not one of my coaches, mm -hmm. but, um, one of the like parents that was involved in like running the team, like made a comment to my mom about how like she should like do something to help me lose weight. <laughs> and like, he was like telling, was trying to tell her like, oh, you should only let her drink Diet Coke and things like that. And like, luckily my mom was like, no, so there's <laughs> absolutely zero reason for her to be trying to lose weight. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I mean, it, even with kids, lots of times, like wow. you're, you're saying, it, it, adults can do crazy things. <laughs> yeah. And... So when you are, uh, like, when folks are going through weight loss or, or trying to monitor their weight in general, there's a lot of counting and, and monitoring and, you know, weighing out between uh, what they've eaten and what they've exercised and balance of calories and stuff. Um, in your opinion, and of course, uh, we are just body, people with bodies, we're not doctors, but um, in your opinion, what, what was the tipping point of disordered eating for you versus... Uh, I don't know, normalized eating or 
I don't, I don't know if that's the right terminology. I don't know that anybody probably has a normalized view of eating, but um, um, what was your tipping Well, I know point? I had started off in high school overweight, and, mm-hmm. and, and I almost was like borderlining obese once I got to college, and mostly a lot of emotional eating. Um, but uh, I also gained like sure. the freshman 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just because there's yep. like a Domino's right <laughs> Familiar across the with street that. from my apartment. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that. um, that's an everyday activity. Then, then. it's like what happened. Yeah. It, first off, is I just started becoming very anxious and having panic attacks all the time, and getting chest mm. pains. And then I thought something mm. was like seriously wrong with my heart or something. And so I went to a doctor, and so they were assuming just since I was overweight that, yeah, it might be my heart. And so they just kept making me think there was something horribly wrong with me, and all the tests they were doing wasn't sh- where they weren't showing anything, and it was just making me more anxious. Well, this is and- super helpful for anxiety, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> and so it's like I had, like, three ER <laughs> visits because of the like, panic attacks that I thought that I was dying. And... Mm. And then it just, I found out that once I would eat, like, a completely fat-free diet, I f- was feeling better. But but then after four months of them trying to figure out what was wrong with me, it turned out it was that my gallbladder had quit working. <laughs> and so it's, I didn't have gallstones. Yes. It just, it became inflamed and stopped working. And, yep. I know so many people have had yeah, that issue. And it was a nurse who thought really it time. up. Like, she was like, well, it sounds like your Gosh. gallbladder. <laughs> so I thank that nurse all, all the time. But I was like, where were you four yeah, months smart. ago? <laughs> but um, <and> then uh, <laughs> right. after I switched to this completely fat-free diet, I took it to, like, to the extreme where literally everything I ate was fat-free. And I noticed that made me lose like a lot of weight, like like significantly and quickly, and since and since mm. I'd always been kind of overweight and sure. hated that anyway, I just loved that fact, and so I kind of just took that and went with it, and um, I think basically my diet was uh, frosted flakes with skim milk <laughs> and like a can of peaches. Okay. And then maybe the same thing for dinner, maybe a yogurt. (laughs) And I would just kind of repeat that. And then Mm -hmm. I was losing even more weight. And so I was loving it even more. And so I'm like, well, I have to just keep doing this. So then I also added exercise to it. And... Then I read in like a women's magazine that, you know, if you like the, how the daily recommended amount of fiber is like 20 to 25 grams of fiber. And they said if you ate 35 grams of fiber a day, it was the equivalent in calories you'll burn as a 30 minute workout. And so I had the idea of like, well, then why don't I eat 70 grams of fiber a day? (laughs) And so that's what I did. I slowly worked up to where I was like exercising about half the day and then eating like this extremely high fiber diet. And I just, at this point, it got me down. 
I ended up losing... I started out at like 2.30. And then it got me down to about 114. Oh, which wow. I'm 5'6". So that was just like right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and then my it's like my wow, grand my grandmothers of course would always tell me that I was too thin and my mom would try to tell me that I needed to stop and but I just wouldn't listen cuz I loved it cuz also around the same time I started losing weight I got like the first boyfriend I ever had and then mm-hmm. all these other great things started mm-hmm. happening to yeah. me just because I was thinner. And it was probably partly a confidence thing. But it's like I got this idea in my head that, like, well, I'm, all these great things are happening to me now because I'm, I'm thin. And only, like, when I was overweight, I had a horrible life. And so it's like, it's like that just bug that just sure. I got, I just got stuck on it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Plus, I can see how, um, I mean, you probably were spending a lot of time and energy thinking about losing weight and, you know, like you were saying, counting every calorie and making sure you got a little exercise. And so that kind of distracted you from the things that were probably uh, at least contributing to the anxiety you were yeah. feeling at the beginning. Yeah. And then... I know also, another thing that finally started bringing it to my attention that I might be overdoing it was that after so many years, um, all of my joints started hurting, and I would I would get mm-hmm. injured more easily, and mm, right. I just kind of became a crippled mess by the time I was like in my mid-twenties, where I could, I could just barely walk. Wow. Is that because your body wasn't give it, getting all the the fats and Pretty the much. It's just nutrients that it needed? That, and then they also found out I, I had H. pylori, which is like a a bacteria in your, that can grow in your stomach. And mm-hmm. Everybody has it, but there's unhealthy levels mm-hmm. where if you have an unhealthy amount, it will okay. also keep your body from absorbing nutrients too, but it's not like I was getting that many nutrients anyway. Right. So, I was basically just a week and sore and anxious and yeah, it was a mess. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. since since then you mentioned now you've been working on finding um, your happy weight. So, yeah. I mean, how, how have you how's that process worked for you? How have you gone about that? Um. Or actually, <laughs> maybe let me back up first. What what does that mean to you when you say, you know, happy weight? What what do you what in your mind does that mean? Um, happy weight to me is a weight that I am that I am content with. Where when I look at myself, I I like what I see in the sense that I know I'm healthy. And that it's not like in the sense that a weight that I have to like really work so hard to maintain that it's my brain is absorbed and 
distracted with making sure I keep at a certain size and right so just yeah. kind of that happy mix where I can have a diet that's actually enjoyable and healthy and fun but also I'm not like wearing out all my joints from exercising all day yeah that seems like the the right balance of where your body like where your mind yeah, that's what it was I just got so time. burnt out because like since I was a kid I was just always thinking about the number on the scale and that's another thing with the happy weight in the sense that I don't really ever get on the scale anymore unless I mm -hmm. go to the doctor and what I'll do is I'll just measure myself and I know they say like if your waistline is a certain measurement it'll it means you're healthy and right. so I try to stay close to that number but not like I, I try basically not to be back to that tiny little waist I used to have. Right, right. Because yeah. also the one thing, yeah. happy was also a healthy weight in the sense that when I was skinnier, I also got sick all the time <laughs> and couldn't fight off illness as well. And so I noticed once I gained some weight back that I don't get sick really at all and, and I, I don't really get headaches as much and... It's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, I just recently read an article online from, it's, it was actually from Outdoor Magazine um, about female athletes and um, what they are calling now like the female athlete triad, um, which is athletes, women athletes who don't, um, don't have a period anymore and are suffering um, a lot of um, like fractures, like uh, stress fractures, mm -hmm. and then um, are underweight. I guess at, at least up till now, a, a lot of coaches uh, in all different sports, but especially running, have always thought that being a little underweight was better for performance. Um, so there were a lot of female athletes that were pressured into um, losing weight in, to the point where it was unhealthy. Um, and then you start getting those symptoms like stress fractures and, and recurring injuries. And they've done studies now and found that actually um, you perform better if you are at a healthy yeah. weight <laughs> not surprisingly because wow. you know when you're underweight you don't have the energy stores available to you um to to run or do whatever physical activity yeah. um so yeah um obviously <laughs> healthier is the way mm -hmm. to go <laughs> i recommend it <laughs> but yeah i know that what you mean about that <laughs> energy thing because my husband and I really like hiking and back mm. back when I was underweight I would yeah. always just struggle trying to keep up with him and it's also probably because I worked out a couple hours before we did but it's right. just I was just always so dog tired that it just almost wasn't enjoyable but nowadays I just it's fantastic <laughs> And I have plenty of energy, sometimes too much energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And so, yeah. Do you exercise other than, I mean, you just mentioned that you hike a lot, um, or that hiking is something that you enjoy. Do you otherwise regularly exercise, or how do you approach exercise now? Um, what I try to do these days, um, now that I'm, I'm 33, and I know my body's still kind of worn out from how I abused it in my 20s, Um, so Mm -hmm. I try to keep it to exercising no more than an hour, about five days a week. Um, and usually it's stuff just like walking or getting on the elliptical or Mm -hmm. like kickboxing. Just, and I've also tried to work on being in 5Ks just to kind of help with my cardiovascular health and... Basically, I try to keep it where I don't overdo it, just to keep my body from wearing out <laughs> any more than it has. But now I'm, I have, I do a lot of weight training. Well, I weight train every mm. other day just because I want to get all the muscle back that I lost. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that yeah, feels nice to be able to like pick up heavy things again. <laughs> mm. When did you start to have this uh, breakthrough? Um, it was probably about four years ago, I would say. Right around the time mm-hmm. I was about to like to be 30 mm-hmm. and just realized, mm-hmm. like, yeah, <laughs> you're, like, you're destroying yourself. <laughs> and you're only in your, like, you're yeah. just in your 20, or well, you're almost 30 now, Michelle. Yeah. Like, you don't want to, like, be, like, a have an 80-year-old body by the time you're 40. So, you need to fix this. <laughs> Good for you. Do you have any advice for folks who might be relating to you? Um, I would say, like, one thing I just need to needed to learn is that you're not as fat as you imagine you are <laughs> in the sense in the sense that yeah i look back at photos of myself and i just i can't believe what i look like because at the time i thought i was fat and i look at it now and i'm like gee many christmas why didn't i listen to anybody <laughs> and it's just right. to know that also, not to pay attention to numbers so much as to how you, you feel and what your body's telling you. Because yeah. if you just stop listening, that's when good things won't be happening. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I think, I know for myself that... Um, how I think that I look oftentimes has a lot more to do with how I'm feeling emotionally than it does with how I actually appear. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm having a bad day, um, I'm much more likely to look in the mirror and think that I look heavier than I actually am. Um, but if I'm in a good mood and, you know, I'm feeling myself, then I'm, I'm 
more likely to like what I see. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I, I don't. I think a lot of people, again, even if you um, aren't, aren't don't have an eating disorder, um, I think that's something <laughs> that <laughs> a lot of people could struggle with is is maybe not having a completely objective uh, view of what what your body actually looks mm-hmm. like. Yeah, and finding joy in in areas that aren't related to your weight mm-hmm. and how you right. look. Well, thank yeah, you so my much, pleasure. Michelle. <laughs> it's been really interesting. Hopefully someone gets something out of it. <laughs> That's right, yeah. 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 Because I figured since I didn't really do like the therapy thing or seek help in that sense that I thought maybe if I just kind of talk to somebody like you guys about it that it can kind of get out there and this almost this almost in a way is kind of like therapy for me (laughs) (laughs) totally so thank you guys yeah thank you and thank you i mean i know uh i mean like you were saying earlier like sometimes it is hard to uh talk to other people about your problems so I, I mean, I really, I think both of us really appreciate you uh, being brave Absolutely. enough to come on and, and talk about some kind of tough stuff. And also, I think we're also impressed with you, your ability to to turn it around. I mean, I know a lot of people, it's something they just struggle with for a long time and and aren't able to, you know, get themselves out of that unhealthy headspace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I imagine that it will be a continued struggle, you know, ebbs and flows, kind of like like any emotion and any yeah. I, I issue. do. I, being being aware of it at this point is a, a huge first, like huge. Well, I definitely do have those days where it it feels like it wants to creep back into my head, and I'm like, mm-hmm. nope, no. <laughs> I have to just learn how to fight it. <laughs> yeah, that self awareness mm-hmm. is so huge. Thank you again. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much. All right. All okay. right. We'll cool. Talk to you All later. right. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye, Michelle. Well, that was a great conversation with Michelle. I'm so glad we had her on. Yeah. Thanks so much to Michelle for for coming on. And if you if you're interested in being a guest, feel free to email us at I did a thing pod at yeah. gmail.com. We'd love to have other but Yeah, we on. have some awesome f- fans or listeners out there. Um, and I, so far... <laughs> fans feels like a weird thing. Yeah, maybe say. not fans. Well, I don't know. <laughs> maybe you well, are. I, we have, just, I, I'm pretty I'm sure we person. have at least one fan. And it's my mom. <laughs> 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 but uh, if you... We have... My, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, so far, we've been contacted by the, a good group of listeners, and what I have learned is that y'all are awesome, number one, and number so two... interesting. I, I think, basically, everyone is awesome. <laughs> I have yet... I People have yet, are way smarter and interesting than they right, think that Yeah, they I have met, yet to meet somebody that doesn't have something interesting to say, so... If you if you have anything to say whatsoever, contact us and we would love to talk <laughs> to you about it. Uh, 
Well, should we go ahead then into the challenge zone? You all probably thought the that we forgot about zone? the challenge zone last week, but we didn't. We just have a new and improved no. challenge zone. So let's yes, get into I'm so it. excited. The challenge zone. Challenge. Let's do a challenge zone. So we're we're revamping the challenge zone. Yes. Um, and we are going to do, instead of weekly challenges, we're going to uh, month-long challenges. And there are challenges that it. we hope all of you will join in with us in doing. Yeah, um, the weekly model just was not working well for me. Because I need I need prep time to, like, get ready. So to switch from, to, like, we did no sugar, to, like, completely revamp my diet for a week with no right. warning was really tough. So I'm yeah. really excited for a month. Yeah, plus uh, plus this gives you us a chance to to see some results. I mean, right. you know, you might not, it's not probably going to be a full body makeover <laughs> in a month, <laughs> but we will be able to see some some outcomes from, from our work. Yeah, and check in with folks and see how they're progressing. Right. So um, we, yeah. after some, some thought, we came up with, I think, a good challenge. Um, For October. Yeah. Um, but also, in a way, a simple challenge. Yes. It's so, push-ups. Push-ups. So the idea is to do up the number of push-ups that the day is. That sounded weird. So, like, on October 1st, you will do one push-up. On October 2nd, you will do two push-ups. And then three, four, five, so on until October 31st when you're going to do 31 push-ups. 31. Ta-da! In your Halloween, <laughs> in your Halloween costume. Yeah, your Wonder Woman costume will fit better. Yeah. Um, I I have so many feelings about this challenge for me. What are your feelings, Sarah? I I hate push-ups. Yeah. I hate them. But kind of I also, like... Um, the other day, you know, how you get on, on Facebook, those like, remember when memories, yeah. like here's your post from X number of years ago. I had a post come up that said, literally, I wish I hadn't spent so many years telling myself that I can't do push-ups because maybe oh. I'd be able to do them now. <laughs> See, so, past self is telling future self to get on it. Exactly. Like, I know, I know, I know. Just from the times that I have done push-ups a little bit more regularly, that the more that I do them, the better I get at them, which I guess is really the way that life works. Life works. <laughs> um, so I, I think I'm going to be super happy with the... Re- I mean, if I do 31 push-ups on Halloween, I'm going to be super excited. Yeah, so and your body just... gets used to it as you're going along. So any most folks can do one push-up. I mean... There are limitations and whatnot, but um, one push-up, and then by the time you're to, like, 20 push-ups, you've just done 19, so you can just do one more. It's only one more. Oh, my gosh, Bernie. So many. You're going to be okay. And um, my double dutch coach often says, like, do five and then take a 10-second break and then do five more and do a 10-second break. So um, if you're struggling toward the middle, like, if if we're doing two – 
just do two and be done with it. But um, if we're getting toward the middle of the month and you need to take a break in between push-ups, that's totally legitimate. It still counts. Right. Yeah, it, um, definitely feel free to modify this um, to whatever is going to work for you. So, you know, if you if you need to do the... I wish I had a better name for it. But, knee knee um, push-ups? What's that? On your knees? Yeah. I was going to say girly push-ups. No, that's not good. <laughs> that's why I said I wish I had a better name for it. But yeah. Um, if actually, you... if you're going to do... Uh, my cousin's a trainer, and she says that if you're going to do a modified push-up, to do it on an incline instead of on your knees. So your feet stay on the floor, but your hands are on something higher up, like a like a bench or right. um, even the counter. At, in your like kitchen or somewhere, um, it's easier on your wrists, and then also they're easier in general. So they're they're like a knee push up, but you're still using your whole body. Um, you work different muscles with on your knees versus on your toes. Right. Yeah, and uh, even if you just feel like you you are completely out of shape, and even just doing one modified push up is a struggle. Um, you could even do um, standing push-ups against the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are all um, modified um, options. <laughs> or um, and, there's another one that my trainer has said before that you can, if you lower your, you get in push-up position and lower yourself down and then put your chest to the floor and then like crawl back up into push-up <laughs> position again instead of pushing mm-hmm. back up into it and then do that. Um, that works the same muscles, but isn't quite as taxing. And then on the other hand, if you are already a push-up superstar, there are a million um, ways on, that you can find on the internet to make push-ups a more of a challenge for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the one-handed push-ups, the tap-your-shoulder push-ups. Oh, yeah. Um, so You could do handstand push-ups. If you're really good at it. <laughs> if you're already a gymnast. <laughs> there are people who can do them. I'm not I mean, I know that there are. I've, I've, <laughs> I've seen it happen. It's, I'm just saying, I... if you're super good at it. <laughs> uh, yeah, like triangle push-ups, wide push-ups, narrow push-ups. Uh, you can put your hands out super far in front of you. You can do downward dog push-ups. There's so many variations that you can do. Right. So let us know how, how the push-ups are going for you uh, and the, <laughs> share your love and or hatred of push-ups <laughs> with us on the Facebook page. We, we always want to hear from you guys. Yeah. Because y'all tweet are awesome. Us. Yeah, tweet at us. If you want to share some uh, pictures of you or video of you pushing up, we want to see I it. I love that. <laughs> Maybe All right, well, we've talked about the thing I hate, which is um, push-ups. <laughs> you want to get into the thing I love for this week? Yes, yeah, so let's share some love. The thing Ooh. I love. I love fruits. That's my sweet I, have, I have two things I love. The first thing I love is uh, Swatch watches. Oh my gosh! (laughs) So I have wanted a Swatch since I was watching Double Dare 
as a child, and it was a, <laughs> it was one of the things that you like won on Double Dare on Nickelodeon, and I never got one, <clears throat> even though I always wanted one. And as a grown-up, they still exist, which is great, and there's a whole store, uh, and I had some time to kill before my flight, and so I went to the Mall of America and to the Swatch store, and I walked in there, and they're like, can we help you? And I said, I'm buying one. <laughs> they're like, okay, <laughs> cool, great sale. Uh, so I found one that's beautiful. Uh, I can show it on our Facebook page. I took a photo of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yellow with a light blue band. I kind of wanted an 80s vibe. It ended up being more of a 90s vibe, but... um, I'm having so many middle school flashbacks right now. Right? (laughs) They're so cool. I love bright color accessories, so I'm very excited. Um, If anybody has a swatch guard out there, uh, the rubber band kind that goes across the middle top of it... I'm interested in purchasing it from you. Yeah, I hadn't thought about those things in ages, but as soon as you said swatch, I started thinking about those. I don't know if anybody even still makes them. There are some available on eBay, which I will do, but so far I haven't found the perfect one yet. So. Yeah. Yeah. It I'm seems really excited like about it. It's such a simple thing, but at the same time, it's not really like a craft that you can make at right? home. Yeah, and... Uh, I was thinking about, like, a, po- a post I made on Instagram. I was like, what time is it? Time to get a new watch. Uh, <laughs> but I, I really got it as, like, a, a non-scale victory or a non-food mm-hmm. reward because mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of a mark to the end of my marriage and, like, uh, time to get divorced <laughs> or something. I don't know. I was trying to make a joke new out of it. fresh start. Fresh start, yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited about it and... It's a silly little thing, but I love it. Maybe you can wear it while you're doing push-ups and admire it. <laughs> I could. It'll be a motivation. Um, the second thing I love are babies. So Babies? Not, babies. Um, I don't want one, but other people in my life have them, and they're very cute. Uh, my cousin, my best friend, just had a baby, um, and she's the most beautiful child you'll ever see. So I've been enjoying going over and visiting them. And then my other friend had a baby, and its middle name is Birdie. Like, for real, legally, it's Birdie. Isn't that cool? It is. (laughs) What a good friend. Well, I think she just liked my name, not really (laughs) after me, but I'll take it. (laughs) Nobody needs to know that part. Nobody needs to know. Yeah, So, and she's beautiful as well. I'm very excited about it. That's cool. So I love babies and swatch watches. <laughs> <laughs> Two ends of the spectrum. Written in Bernie's eighth grade journal. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, no kidding. In eighth grade I wanted like eleven children to form my own football team and I was in a very different space at that time in my life. Um, so this week I am loving Jeff Lewis. Wait, I don't know. The comedian? No. Oh, no, no. Yes, I'm, I'm flipping out. I'm flipping out. First yes. of all, I love flipping out. It's like I, oh, I, love I have a problem so with much. reality te- television. Uh, I, yep. It, <laughs> as might have been clear from some of the references I've made on the podcast so far. I'm right there with you. I yeah. love shitty television. Love but it. flipping out is really genuinely one of my favorite 
reality shows. Um, and the reason why I'm specifically calling out Jeff Lewis this week as my love is that I, not the, uh, one of the recent episodes um, of Flipping Out, I think was one of the best portrayals of um, therapy I've ever seen on television, period. Really? I haven't seen yeah. the season yet. Yeah, so this season, uh, he and his partner um, just recently had a baby together. Yeah. Um, and so um, there was an episode specifically about all the struggles that they're having going through um, being new parents. Yeah. Um, and they were, if, if you haven't seen it, um, <laughs> the show, Jeff Lewis is a person that I think really cares about people a lot, but doesn't know how to show that. <laughs> right. Um, he definitely says whatever is on his mind without a filter, and sometimes those things can come out in a way that is not very nice. Um, but that's yes. also something that he that you see over the course of the, the show he has been working on and working on in therapy. Um, but so in this particular episode... Um, like I said, he and his, his, um, partner had really been struggling with having a new baby and especially a new baby that, um, was having some, some problems with, um, eating and Hmm. was just in general, not the happiest baby cried a lot and, and things like that. Um, and so they were fighting and, and like really getting to the point of thinking about, like seriously thinking about breaking up. Oh, shit. Um, yeah. Um, but so, um, it's, it's not a regular thing on the show, but like usually once or twice a season, like the last few years, um, he, they show him going and talking to his therapist. Um, so on this episode, they showed him with his therapist and he started off talking about how, you know, he was really like thinking about going to see a lawyer and, and like working out like, like concretely how things were going to be when they broke up. Um, but you know, then he, you know, talks some more with his therapist about, um, how he was feeling and, and he was saying how, he, what he what he wanted was just for his baby and his partner to be happy and his therapist who obviously he's been working with for several years and knows him really well at this point just said to him you know uh, the these people that you're talking about in your life are mirrors for you so when you say that you just want to be happy want them to be happy what are you saying about yourself and he thought about it for a minute and he said, he realized and said, I'm really lonely. And once he had that realization, he was able to like think about what was going on in his relationship in a totally different way and realize like everything that he was doing in the situation that was making things worse. And, um, you know, it didn't fix everything, but you know, that night he went home and, and had a, a long conversation with his partner and um, they were able to change the direction that things were going and um, and you know get things going in a more positive way and realize that they did really love each other and want to stay together 
Oh, um, that's good. So, I love Jeff Lewis. <laughs> yes. And I love that he um, is brave enough to be open with things like that on on the, the show um, and really show the way that, you know, going to therapy can be a really positive and helpful thing, um, even if you're not, you know, clinically... Um, mentally ill doesn't mean that, you know, having a therapist um, in your life as someone that you can talk to and, and help you resolve problems is is a positive and helpful thing. God, yeah. I mean, everybody needs somebody that they can talk with and process that's not in the situation. Right. That, that's so yeah. valuable. Well, and also, too, I mean, just somebody to that you can go to and have the conversation always be about you. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. like, you know, I mean, you know, it's, it, it can be helpful to, to talk to your friends too, but, you know, when it's not your friend's job to <laughs> listen to every <laughs> single problem, like, you definitely can burn other people out. Right. Um, so having, having the, especially if you are going through a hard time, um, having that person whose job it is to listen to you and you don't have to worry about, well, the last time I talked to this person, I complained about a thing and now I'm complaining about a thing and, you know, right. I don't, you know, am I compla- just complaining too much? <laughs> yeah, I'm, am I becoming the friend that's t- too much work? Right, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I have to restart watching that show. I love that show. Yeah, it's well, and then it fits in with your babies because babies. There's although, like I said, there's, she's she's a cute baby, but right at at, at the part of uh, the her life that they are showing on the show right now, she is not the happiest baby. Under yeah, that that'll happen. I actually call my dog Monkey after Zoya oh. calling Jeff Lewis <laughs> his cat Monkey. I mean that is his name, but yeah. Um, my dog's name is not Monkey, but I do call her that because <laughs> because I like the way that Zoya talks. I love Zoya. She is. I I wish she, I wish she had her own show. <laughs> She's the greatest. Yeah. She is. Though the the one thing about Zoya though um, is that because uh, for people who don't watch the show, English is not her first language. Her first language is Spanish, mm-hmm. and so if there was a show about her. I want it to be in Spanish so that she can, like, fully express herself. Because I feel like she has so many things to say, and her knowledge of English, like, sometimes hold her back from being able to, like, fully express herself. (laughs) Agreed. Oh, I love that thing, too. I'm excited to watch it. Uh, Well, should we wrap it up? Yeah, I I think we're done for the day. So uh, you can find us on the internets at ididathingpod.com and follow us on Facebook. I think that's probably where we're most robust is I Did a Thing Podcast on Facebook. And we're also on Twitter, so tweet at us at ididathingpod. Also, gosh, everywhere, on Instagram at ididathingpod. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, you're interested in being a guest, or if you have suggestions for the things that we've asked for suggestions about <laughs> to fix our own lives, uh, please email at us. Email us at ididathingpod at gmail.com. Uh, thank you so much for listening to our podcast, I Did a Thing. 
If you enjoyed our show, please feel free to rate and review us and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast place. Now, go do a thing. Go do a thing. Go do a thing. Woo! Yeah. Right on. Cool, cool.